Hey Nate, what's going on? Hey, happy Sunday to you. Happy Sunday. How's your day? Hanging in there. It's pretty good so far. Nice, nice. Uh, I haven't seen Sean join yet, so we'll make sure he gets a chance to jump on. But uh, yeah, so far, good Sunday. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm big on ho on hoops. I'm big on NBA playoffs. You, you follow NBA playoffs at all? No, I don't actually. I oh, should. Yeah. I should. I I only watch the you know I like the finals and stuff, but I don't watch. Sure. I don't follow the sports that much. Yeah, no worries. Um, literally nobody in my house, <laughs> other than me, watches <laughs> sports or cares about sports. It's hilarious. Um, so I'm the only one. <laughs> so I'm used to that. But yeah, so NBA playoffs started, and I'm I'm debating going to the Suns game tonight. My Phoenix Suns kickoff game one. So. That's that's where my head's at. I'm not sure if I'll I'll go or not, but I'm debating it. There's some tickets available, so that's good. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Sean. Hello, hello. How are we? Okay. Doing hey. well. How are, how are things over in Brighton? Yeah, good. Pretty good. Had a nice day. It's been nice and sunny today. I think it's the start of a nice sunny week, so I'm looking forward to that as I have it off. So, you know, great news. No kidding, you have the whole week off? Yeah, it does happen every now and then, yeah. It's good, it's good to be having <laughs> some content and, and uh, yeah, see what happens. I love it. I enjoy that. Well, um, yeah, we had a great week uh, as far as positive uh, numbers for the markets. Uh, it's been volatile, continues to be volatile. So let's take a look at things and just dive right in. Uh, real quick, I'll run through, you know, last week's performance and how we're looking year to date. I also added in the one-year performance numbers because I thought that was interesting for some context. So uh, just starting, diving right in, S&P was up 0.79% this this week. That makes it positive 7.77 on the year. Um, the Dow is up 1.2% for the week, making it 2.23% to the plus side for the year. NASDAQ up 0.29. It's still crushing it, positive 15.83% for the year. Russell 2K is up one one and a half percent and just over one percent on the year. And Bitcoin um, looks like is just plus 0.74 over the last five days, but up over 80 percent year to date, which is just phenomenal, um, which got me looking at the one year numbers. And it's interesting, you know, you, you'll the Nasdaq's up 15.83 percent on the year. But if you go back or you know year to date, so in 2023, but if you go back a full 12 months, it's actually down 9.19% and relative to the Dow, which is you know only up 2% on the year, the Dow's only down 1.64% over the past 12 months. So uh, you know it's good to zoom out and get get some perspective. Bitcoin being up you know over 82% on the year is actually down about 25% over the past 12 months. So we're heading in the right direction with respect to you know momentum and what have you, but. Again, I just thought I'd point that out for some context. Yeah, that's a, that's awesome, um, Nate. Um, I think a couple other headlines that happened in the market was um, the headline CPI that came out 1% lower year over year, so at 5%. And because of that and a couple other news, now there's a 69% probability that we'll see a 25 basis point hike in May. So I'm assuming that should be, we are coming closer to the terminal rate Maybe that's the last one, maybe one more after that. Uh, it's a debate, it's up in the air so far. We did see the initial jobless claim go up about 11,000. So it used to be 228 the month prior. 
it came to 39 so that's that's up so seems like the interest rate height is working we saw the fear and greed uh, we are moving towards more greed we are at 67 we were 58 the week before uh, the put to call ratio uh, it's in favor of call is 0.85 and the wix is um, around 17 so seems like the market is much bullish uh, moving into next week yeah, the VIX at 17 is like really interesting to me here. I'm not quite sure what to make of that. I mean, you can think of that as a, you know, we're looking at no volatility and a bullish setup, or is it really just coiled and kind of ready to spring, right? And jump back up above and 20 and really crush the markets. I'm not really sure what to make of it. It's uh, interestingly, if you look at the earnings, generally when the earnings season starts, most people, they look at the bank, the big bank, and then they wait for the big, uh, the high, the mega cap tech companies and Tesla and so on. Interestingly, if you quickly look at the earnings coming up next week, we have 32 financial institutions reporting earning anywhere from the big banks to small regional banks. So if we see a, a single event like SVB or Signature from any of those banks, I am pretty sure the WIX will go back up. Yeah, the bank earnings is definitely interesting. What, what do we have this week for earnings for banks? Well, Schwab Monday, right? Yeah, Schwab, State Street, those are big ones. You're looking at Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, BNY, um, Ally Financial. I know is a lot is very famous among retail investors. You have Discover, you have Citizens, uh, American Express, pretty big one, um, and then mostly regional banks. But those are ton of regional banks. You have from Monday to Friday, you have at least four or five regional banks reporting earnings. And then you have Netflix and Tesla, TSMC. I guess those will be uh, highly watched. Yeah, you think Tesla will be watched? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Sean can tell more on that. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we you covered most of it. So I think earlier today you covered it. I was just add in Netflix, ASML, and Tesla, but you've just done that. So that's the start of tech is, is underway, I think. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to getting a lot of uh, earnings news and seeing how the markets react because this back and forth. You'll see in some of the charts we got going here today that uh, it, it's we've got some key levels that could break and could get us going. But until we break them, in my opinion, I don't know, you know that we're going to see too much um, more other than sideways action, right? So anyways, let's get to the charts and start looking at that. Um, before I do, though, is there anything else you wanted to add, Kay? I think we got I'm through all the good. news. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, okay, great. So, um, Sean, I've got your chart up first in the nest um, for SPY. So, uh, yeah, why don't we jump in there and start with your notes? Yeah, absolutely. So, I think um, I've taken a little bit of a step back here, and I've looked at the SPY one week, um, just to kind of – because we looked at it daily for every week for the last couple of months – I think it's important if we just take a little step back and just have a look at the chart on a weekly basis. So you can see we're kind of in this kind of wedge that we've got here and we're moving up above the 20, which is the yellow line and the 50 moving average, which is the blue line. Um, and we could be heading towards that 430 mark um, and you know, with the way the reports are going, obviously it is positive, et cetera. Um, so we could very much see that. I don't think we'll see it in the next couple of months. We could just be gradually going up there. And you can see that with the bottom trend line I've drawn there. Um, and you've got the 200 moving average, which is the red line there. And um, we, we bounced off that back in November, well, kind of actually October last year. Um, and we've kind of been respecting that trend line upwards. So as long as we follow this trend, you might be able to see that, you know, if you can see the closing of the wedge 
which is September, November this year. And obviously, who knows if we break below that, if we break above it, then that's another story, of course. But that's what I see on, on my spy chart. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts, though, with the little blue circles I've drawn there, whether that's a good level or not. Um, that's just one thing that I just kind of pointed out um, on, this, on this particular chart. Yeah, we're, we're right in the same ballpark as usual. And uh, I like that you pulled out to the weekly. I did the same thing on uh, NVIDIA. So we've got, I mean, just for folks listening, we've got lots of charts to go through. We've got Tesla, NVIDIA, Palantir, uh, Apple, Google, SoFi, DraftKings, uh, Mara, NVIDIA. So, yeah, lots to get through today. A lot of interesting charts. But, yeah, I, I pulled back on the weekly as well because you got to get that perspective. And I think that's that's what we're seeing here. I like the uptrend. So um, I was mentioning the levels that I'm looking at for SPY. And definitely, um, and just jumping over to the chart I posted and looking at it side by side with what you've got here, I've got these key levels going back that if we don't break them, I don't, I'm just, I can't get overly bullish. And that's just basically how I feel. Um, I've been looking at the 411 level and we keep testing it and rejecting or, you know, get a little bit above it um, and then just can't quite keep momentum. Um, but if you go back to earlier this year, we've got the 420 level and then even further back in time, 432. And that 432 level is actually what I'm most interested in. If we can get above 432 on strong volume and hold it, um, that that would be, to me anyways, and obviously, you know, is it just using technical analysis and um, trying to get probabilities on our side? But that's when I would get really excited about uh, a bull market rally and, and an extended um, rally happening. Everything below that is, you know, it's a little suspect uh, as far as what I'm seeing right now. Yeah, and I think it's important to say that none of this is obviously financial advice. Uh, we are just three guys on the internet just saying our opinions and, you know, don't take our, our advice with any, well, any you know, confirmation or anything like that. We're just trying to have a look at the charts and have a little bit of fun while we do it. Yeah, absolutely, Sean. This is all for uh, entertainment purposes and education, but um, hopefully it's helpful and helps you with your decision making throughout the week. That's That's the intent here for sure. Um, so keeping it moving the cues, I have similar kind of uh, outlook or I guess take on uh, the QQQ. So it needs to break 322 and then 350, 335, excuse me, is what I've noted. Um, we did get a nice bounce off of what, I'm, what I've got here is the 20-day moving average, the yellow line. Um, nice bounce right off of that moving average. It doesn't look like it's completely respected it in the past, but it does look like the 50-day, which is the light blue line uh, coming up, the 50-day simple moving average is starting to show a positive trend with some respect there from uh, the candles from QQQ. So couple that with the, the crossovers of the 20-day moving above the 50 and the 50 above the 150. Um, and most people like the 50 above the 200-day as being the, the golden cross. I'm pretty sure if I had the 200 on here, you'd see that as well. Uh, so all positive signs on the cues. I just want to see it hold that 310 level and then, you know, break above 322 and hold that next. So uh, 322, 335 are my targets. Yeah, I think with the cues, you can see that it can move sharply up in the upwards direction or downwards direction too. We can see that earlier on in your chart um, where it has moved down quite significantly. But if we switch over to, to my chart, which is the QQQs, which is the white one, I've switched out again to the weekly chart, and um, you can see I've drawn a little bit of a channel here between 
316 and 421. Obviously, yeah. I think it's exact, but um, I think it is, you know, fairly good good level to be playing around with. So you can see back in, what's that, May 2021, and then March kind of area 2022. We've been around this area. There's been some volatile movements within this area as well. So we could be in for some volatile, well, we're already in volatile times, let's be honest, but we could be <laughs> in for further volatile times, let's put it that way. Um, my level's a little bit lower than yours at 321. I think yours is about 3.30, I believe, mate. mate. And, um, but yeah, I think if we break through this little box area, we could be in for a nice move up with the queues. But, you know, like I said before, we can easily move down. You can see that in the weekly chart I've drawn here. You can see sharp moves down consecutive weeks. Um, and if we get one bad map for news, then that, that, you know, anything could happen. Hey, Sean, quick question. Is, uh, is the yellow line your 200-day moving average? Oh no, sorry, that's the twenty. That's the twenty. 20 okay. average, that and and the blue two hundred is the red line. Is the red and the blue one is the fifty. Fifty. Okay, I see. Yeah, we're about to get a crossover there, the twenty to the fifty, or it looks like it happened. And um, yeah, you mentioned three twenty one sixty nine. That's that's the to the penny level for sure. I've got three twenty two, and then above that, um, the three thirty five. So, yeah, I'm right there with you, Sean. Uh, I like these levels. So why don't we jump into the charts? Sean, you've got a, a, not charts, but the stocks, excuse me, individual holdings. Um, Sean, you've got a set to, to run through next. What do we have first? Yeah, of course. So um, the, I'm gonna start with the big dog. I'm gonna go for Tesla. Um, just so anyone who's yes. listening, I'm, I'm going for uh, Tesla, Neo, Palantir, and Micron, which is ticker symbols, obviously I'll mention as, you know, as we go through. But if we switch over to the Tesla chart, let me just try and find it, here we go. Um, yeah, so we are kind of playing below the moving averages. This is the daily chart we're looking at here. Um, but we're also above that key level of 179. Um, you know, it's not the most solid of lines, as we can see, but I think the more solid line is 166. So we need to kind of respect these lines a little bit, but the 200 is going to be a massive psychological line um, to get through. But I see downwards momentum here, possibly. Um, so if we break that 179, I see 166, etc. And just on top of that, we can see the decreasing in volume here as well. Back in February, um, we had big, big buying volume. And it's just been decreasing in time. But I say that we do have earnings on Wednesday, I believe. So that would obviously increase volume, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys agree with the volume increase on earnings, which I'm assuming would be a yes. Um, but I think the key move here is move up to the, the 200 million average. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's that's what Tesla really needs to do. It needs to push through these, all these moving averages and create that uptrend on, on the daily. Um, you can see it on, on the short term, obviously, you know, two hour, one hour, it will be in an uptrend, but, you know, we, we, want, we want the ultimate long uptrend. Interestingly, um, the 200 is really your uh, big point because uh, we have almost 100,000 contracts expiring in the money if it's over $200 by end of next week with uh, earnings on Wednesday. Now on the put side, if you're looking at, you're looking at 170 is where uh, bulk of your op, uh, put options are at about 18,000 and then 23,000 at 175. Uh, but clearly you can see there's a much more bullish sign or bullish momentum on the options uh, at the uh, call side. Yeah, I think that relates to the, the successful earnings that Tesla has had in the recent months or recent quarters, should I say. You can see that kind of in the screenshot I've got here. You've got the, the green, e, green E's at the bottom of the chart um, back obviously in February or January, February. 
in October last year. So that'll be interesting to see if they can produce a good earnings report again. Um, I'm looking to get on to Neo next. Has anyone got any further thoughts on this Tesla chart? Maybe something technical about it? Yeah, you know, one last comment, yeah. Sean. The, I, the one thing I've got on my notes is the gap down there, and I think it's just below like 146 or something like that. Um, but yeah, do you, you see that right? The the blue line, the, the blue trend line runs right through it, and it was from back in January, February timeframe. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if that acts as a, as a magnet if we do get negative earnings reports, but that, you know, if things come out poorly um, on Wednesday or, you know, market doesn't really like um, whatever Elon has to say, um, then I, that's where I would be targeting as far as, you know, my lower bounds. But um, I like your levels overall. I just wanted to mention that gap. Yeah, I think that's important. I think I'll add that line in there just to obviously keep it there. Fantastic. So moving on next, we'll go through to uh, Neo. So we've got the, the, day, the weekly chart, sorry, should I say, on here. And it doesn't look great. Well, I don't want to say this, but it, it doesn't. Um, so we can see that we've respected this 20 moving <laughs> average line, which is the yellow line. Um, and we can see it hit there around about, what's that, mid-January of this year. Uh, went up above it quite handsomely and then straight back down the following week. And we can kind of see that in the last few weeks, which is not great. The good thing is, though, we are above this uh, the, the trend line that's been there for two years. And that's the, the black line that's kind of coming down through the screen. Um, and I've drawn four levels. Um, and we've got kind of really low there at 570, which I didn't want to draw, but I kind of had to. And then we've got $8 as well, and obviously 1050 and 1316. But we can see with the recent price action, a big red candle um, kind of a couple of weeks ago. And then we've got the kind of greenish one that's with the topping candle, which means there's selling pressure coming in uh, later on and obviously closing at the end. Um, so hopefully next week we can bounce across that. Obviously technical is not everything, um, but the, the 20 moving average is one that I would want to be you know, pushing through. Um, but ultimately, if we stay above this trend line, then that would be fantastic. Um, yeah. We do have earnings coming kind of just before June, so hopefully we can post something successful in terms of numbers. Yeah, Sean, the, the thing that I'm seeing here, and, you know, I got excited a couple of weeks ago when we were talking, and we saw this big push-up, and, you know, you were commenting yeah. on that, which was, that was nice. That was some good momentum. And then this this past week, I mean, what I'm staring at, the pattern that's jumping off the page is, that's a tweezer top, right? Like, even though it's not formed at the top of um, a, a move up, necessarily, it's a short two weeks move up, and this is the weekly chart we're looking at for NEO. Um, those two weeks ran up to that 1056 level, which is where that 20 week moving average slid in, right? And then you get that red, big red candle that is basically equal to the size of the green candle before it. So that that's a formation where if it happens right at resistance, which is what we're seeing it happen with the 20 week moving average and that 1056 level you, you drew, um, that typically is a bearish signal and you'll see further downside. So that's unfortunately where my head's at. I would I would hope to see that 805 level hold though. That's that would be nice, and then we can maybe get a consolidation range going between, you know, eight and nine fifty again, and then hopefully you know start stop there. But that's that's my whole wishful thinking, I guess. Yeah, but we have a lot of wishful thinking for the, the stocks we love, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> but what what I'll say though is generally Neo is also driven by Tesla. So if you see a big upside ah. momentum in Tesla, you will see Neo also popping up. Now it may be a short lived because the options what you look at it at nine point five you have thirteen thousand call options. At ten you have almost twenty thousand call options expiring. 
uh, next week. And then the, the, the numbers go down drastically when you look at the following week. So I think it's also, I think a lot of call options are open just because Tesla is also reporting earnings and it kind of ties up with the whole EV revolution. So something to keep in mind. I love that point. That's great. Yeah, I think that's very interesting, actually. I think a lot of um, Leo's movements have been linked to China recently. Um, but obviously, they've all moved with Tesla because it's the same sector. So we've covered Neo. I think that's uh, you know, been a good chart. I think we're moving on to uh, Palantir now, I believe. So we've got the Palantir chart on. And initially, it looks very messy. This is the one-day chart. But this, there is a bit of method behind my madness here. So we've got the current levels at 881. And we had a, a strong day on Friday. But I just wanted to note just quickly that the boost in volume we had on Friday, you can see right down there in the bottom right hand corner. It's nothing to you know write home about, but it is a little bit of a boost in volume. Um, but we are kind of channeling up ever since the uh, beginning of March uh, within this range. We're kind of fighting around these moving averages. Um, and I think 855 is one of those levels that we're looking to support. Um, I saw a couple of uh, times last week and uh, obviously a few weeks back as well as resistance. So as long as we stay above that line, I think we're looking good. Um, and if we can see a push between this uh, kind of channel upwards, that'd be great. And then we're looking at kind of $9 as well. Um, so you can see with the blue dots I've drawn, now, that is the, the accentuation on the $9 level. So if we blast through that, then we'll be looking at the kind of, you know, the red line uh, coming across the top there, which is the, the big trend line. If you zoom out, it's the weekly trend line. Um, but that's what I see for, for Palantir in the near term future. Hopefully a nice push above nine and hold nine um, and obviously stay above the moving averages. Yeah, I don't have too much to add there, Sean. I'd be interested what the options action looks like if Kay's got any info on that. Yeah, so on the Palantir, we are looking at um, uh, the nine, 9.5 and 10 levels. You have over 20,000 uh, call options. And at eight, you have about 20,000 call options. So I think uh, it's at every half cent, nine, 9.5, 10, there are a ton of call options open for expiration next week. So I'm not sure if there's an event that is planned for next week for Palantir. I haven't tracked it. No, nothing I can see. Um, not, not on the near time horizon. Obviously, earnings is still quite far in the distance as well. Maybe it's just the start of um, tech earnings. Maybe that's kind of spiking it up a little bit. Obviously, it's a retail-based stock, so people are involved with this, along with Tesla, et cetera. Could be, yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving on from Palantir, I think we have the last chart in my section, which is Micron. Now, this is one of those uh, charts we can see big kind of sections, and you can see the sort of big two yellow boxes I've drawn here, um, which is consolidation, I, I find. Um, so we're kind of playing around the top of that. We had OK earnings a couple of weeks ago, um, end of March, and then we're kind of playing around that 64 level, which we have done. And that's the black line I've drawn just at the middle section of the screen. Um, we've, we've bounced off of that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times in the last just under a year, nine months or so. Um, so I think that's a very good psychological level for this stock. And if we can blow through that, hopefully we can move up to the, uh, the kind of 74 mark in uh, the coming you know, months, I guess. And I wouldn't say anything too soon in, in the short term. Um, but yeah, I think this is a very good stock for just seeing how stocks consolidate. And you can see the two lines there from between 49-ish and the 64 line. It's just nice to see a stock do this. And um, with, with, with this stock particularly, it's above all three moving averages. Um, it's a bit wild in its movement. You can see that the candles are big, they're spread, lots of jumps between day, between day. 
Um, so it's one of those that's kind of great for day trading, but also being to mind out and really keep those risk management um, rules that you've got under control. Um, that's what I've got on this chart particularly. I'm not too sure if any of you guys have anything to add to this one. And uh, that kind of basically concludes my section. Obviously, add in your thoughts. Yeah, real quick um, for Palantir here, it kind of looks like a, uh, you know, not to get into. Oh, sorry, I said Palantir. <laughs> I didn't Micron. Thanks for Micron here. Uh, thanks, keeping me honest. Um, not to get into a bunch of uh, patterns and, and shapes and what have you, but the um, the ascending triangle is what I'm seeing. So if you're not familiar with the ascending triangle, you've got the top line that's holding, and then you've got that triangle wedge kind of tightening up, forming higher lows. And I see that starting since the beginning of this year, um, it's tightening up and th it doesn't necessarily indicate um, a break one way or another, um, but it's, it's more of a neutral pattern, but it does give you lines that you can form. And when it does break, you, you can generally count on a continuation. Um, I like the way Micron sets up, so I would be looking for a break above that 63.96. But, you know, even more to the point for the strategy I've been employing this year, a covered call strategy, when I see ranges like this, um, you know, I get really excited as well because you can sell covered calls at the top of the range and accumulate shares at the bottom of the range. So that's that's my thoughts here with Micron. It's a great chart. That's interesting. Yeah, we saw that a little bit on the, the chart, the SPY weekly chart we, we saw earlier within that kind of ascending triangle. Um, so I think there's a little bit of similarity that well, obviously is not a similarity because it's diving down into the daily, but um, just the, the pattern itself, that's what we're kind yeah. of looking out for. Um, so that concludes my section. Obviously, we covered Tesla, Neo, Palantir and uh, Micron. I think Nate's up next with his section. So thank you very much for listening to my bit and let's see what Nate has to say. Yeah, thanks, John. And if anybody has any questions on, you know, any of the charts that we've got here today or just in general, anything you'd like to see, uh, you can use the little bubble in the bottom right to drop your comments or shoot us a DM. Um, be sure to follow, uh, you know, Sean and Kay. They post great charts and great information throughout the week. Um, so just want to note that really quickly, and we'll jump right back into charts. Um, so I mentioned I like that you were pulling up weekly candles, and that's what I've got here for NVIDIA. It's the next ticker we're looking at, NVDA. And uh, as as bullish as I would like to be and as I am in general about the chip sector, uh, NVIDIA here has got a bearish candle forming last week after a, a, a with an indecisive candle the week before, right? That's a, a doji candle where you have a open and closed kind of right in the middle with long wicks, the upper end and the bottom end. And then last week that shifted lower with the upper wick being much higher or being much longer. So it's typically a bearish candle, especially when you're at resistance, which 282 is uh, proving to be resistance. If you look at it on a daily, it's a little bit more obvious. Um, so that with the lower volume that we've been getting uh, towards the upper end of this push, I, I think we could see a reversal here um, and that's what I would say the the probabilities are lining up for uh, that all being said MACD is squarely positive and we've been able to hold above you know RSI, RSI fairly strong for a while so um, yeah kind of mixed in that regard yeah that's chart. I think um, with your top and tail candles that you saw there we can kind of see it in February this year as well though we've got two kind of candles next to each other where the selling pressure came in towards the end of the week. I don't know if you see that there. Yeah, um, that's a great point. Necessarily, obviously, it doesn't necessarily mean a trend change as such, but with the lower volume and obviously staying way above the, the moving average lines, 
Um, it would make sense for it to come down. It would be healthy for the stock to come down. But that's my views on this chart particularly. Yeah, you notice the question mark I've got there. Um, the 50-day moving average might move back above the 150. And if we get that, that would coincide with a break above that 282, I think. And then it that would be a, a medium to longer term bullish trend. So I'm wondering, too, again, what the options might be telling us. Kate, do we have options activity in NVIDIA? Yes, we do. Um, so there are a couple of things. So uh, I'll talk about the put first. So we are looking at about 15,500, you know, give or take uh, open interest at 260, about 21,500 contracts open interest at 250. So those are a couple of levels that, you know, are, I guess, right uh, at this edge, edge over here. On the on the call side, we are seeing a much lighter call options, like maybe 10,000, maybe, you know, 8,000 at 270, 275, and 280. 280 is 16.7. But the couple other things that I noticed with NVIDIA was there's a lot of um, negative press uh, on top of NVIDIA, even though we have the whole AI revolution going on. But I think uh, there is a, a negative sentiment being built with NVIDIA in terms of how high the NVIDIA has gone recently in the year mm -hmm. to date. Yeah. And uh, folks are looking for a pullback. So I don't know if we are going to make it into existence or is it really going to pull back on the technical terms? Uh, but something to note, that's the sentiment I'm at least hearing on CNBC and a couple other analysts. So, so the put option volume is outweighing the call option volume. Exactly, exactly. But at 250 and 260. But So those are, okay. we are at what level right now? We are around the 267 level. So which makes sense that 260 would be about uh, pretty high on a put option. Yeah, all eyes on that 282 level for sure. Um, and any at least for me but okay great that's good that's good info to add into the chart that's very interesting that they've got the and not surprising like you mentioned a lot of the conversation has been around that negative pressure so we'll see how it plays out uh, next thing i've got up is a uh, mara m-a-r-a marathon digital holdings and it has been on quite the tear a uh, big moves last week but what I wanted to point out more on this chart is the volume. Um, so Bitcoin has obviously made a big move, like we were talking about, up over 82% on the year, at least as of earlier this morning. And um, so a lot, lot of positive news around Bitcoin in general, despite all of the negative news around crypto and you know everything that we don't need to rehash here again. I'm sure everybody's heard plenty of it, but um, it's been an interesting run here for Mara. I, we had a like a 15% move, I think it was last week, at least a double digits. I saw 11, 12%. I don't remember how high up it closed on the specific day, but big moves following Bitcoin very closely. And this volume increased. I mean, just look at this twice the volume basically um, that we had seen in prior, you know, the prior year. So this year, a lot of momentum. And I'm looking for, you know, after this big recent move, a little bit of a pullback before trying to continue higher and get back above that $13 level. Yeah, I think we uh, agree with you there. Um, nice little pullback would be, be okay, but it does follow Bitcoin very closely, as it stands, in my opinion. Another one I follow is Hive as well, H-I-V-E, similar sort of stuff with Mara, Bitcoin miner, uh, Ethereum miner, et cetera. Um, so they are ramping up in volume as well. So it's a common thing between these, these sorts of stocks. Um, but your levels that you've drawn here, I completely agree with. Uh, come back down to 946 might be fairly healthy. It might bounce a little bit before that, given the, the hype from the stock at the moment with the volume, etc. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on this chart. 
and the kind of aligns with the options uh, you have about 33,000 put options at $10 for next week. Yeah, that sounds about right. That $10 is a magic level. That's that's where I think it actually can get that support. I should have added another line in there, even if it was not as uh, apparent. But yeah, I, I like the move. It's been very strong. It's forming, you know, it consolidated for quite a bit between that 6 and 950 level, which is pretty broad for consolidation. But then you can see towards the uh, towards March and April that it really tightened up and held above eight, and now it's it's taken off. So I would look for a similar kind of pattern, uh, but it, you know, again, it's really going to follow Bitcoin closely. And what I've noticed is that Bitcoin just kind of stalls out, and even if it's holding at a solid level, um, you might see the the stocks that are associated with crypto start to lose their momentum a little faster uh, than Bitcoin would. So for what that's worth. All right, so my favorite one that I talk about all year, DraftKings is up next. Talking about going to a basketball game later on today, possibly. I'm sure there'll be lots of betting going on with NBA hoops uh, kicking into playoff gear. Uh, and so DraftKings is going to be on my radar continuously. And I, I like it, you know, for a longer-term prospects potential. But short-term trading, we've got a lot of positive things to look at. Um, starting at the bottom of the chart, MACD remains in positive territory, despite pulling back here quite a bit. It's still holding above that zero line. Um, we've got the 50-day moving average crossing above the 150-day, giving us some nice nice upward momentum. And we had this green, you know, I drew this green line in for the upward trend that broke. But notice when, we, when it broke, it didn't fall off and break through the 50-day uh, simple moving average. It held there and continued to move higher. So, you know, this consolidation pattern holding roughly above $18, um, can't quite get above 20 and, and stick the landing. So that's why I've got the question mark there. That's what I'm most interested in is if we can get up to 21 and actually hold, um, then I would be, uh, I think that'd be very constructive uh, for a continuation. Yeah, I've just got two things to add to this chart. And one of them is a bit unrelated. But for the first thing, is, <laughs> um, obviously when you're looking at technical analysis, it's, it's, you know, it's not, the trend line is never certain. The, uh, the moving averages are never certain. They just kind of guide us, help us a little bit on our you know, technical ways, etc. Um, so don't obviously swear by any trend lines if you are listening or any uh, moving averages, etc. or RSI and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. The second part is, uh, obviously, we've got basketball ending soon. The, the football has ended. What happens after that? Is it baseball? Because obviously I'm, I'm based in the UK, so I'm not too sure what happens. So what, what would people bet on after, after the basketball? You know, that's a fair point because <laughs> the baseball season is the mellow kind of time of year. And then you wait for football to kick back up in, in August and if, you know, NFL football. Um, and yeah, so you're right. This is going to be the slower season. Um, so maybe that's the reason that that 20 level proves tough to break above. Yeah, you had about actually impact the stock. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess not. It's going to be consistent earnings, but. You know, historically, I haven't noticed that. I haven't really looked, but um, to be honest, but historically, what I have noticed is heading into February and March, which is the Super Bowl, and then uh, college basketball March Madness, which is very heavily bet, and then NBA playoffs in the April. Like that's where you see a lot of action and, and a lot more volume in DraftKings. That makes sense, sir. Yeah. And just just to add to your twenty dollar mark, you have about twelve thousand contracts in call call contracts next week right there at 20 yeah yeah these even numbers right there 
people like to trade around the even numbers. Exactly. So. <laughs> um, let's see here. So what else do we have? DraftKings is, is, is always on the list. So you'll, you'll hear me talk about that often and post about it. Um, I've also got one more chart here before we jump over to K's charts. And this is for Occidental Petroleum, Oxy, O-X-Y. And I just highlighted these trend lines. I mean, I literally copied the old trend line uh, that you see underneath here. And as Sean mentioned, you know, don't swear by any trend line or uh, simple moving average. The second you, you know, stake all of your trading to one indicator is the second it will betray you. I can promise you that. So always take a look at number of things and, and work with probabilities. Uh, not absolutes. I think that's great advice. Though. Um, so the, this trend line, I, I quite literally copied it and pasted it up to the, the next level here that we've been trading at since the big move up. And you can see we broke below it a little bit recently, but right back above that line um, with this recent positive move and MACD is also back above the positive uh, zero line there. So, and MACD is just measuring the overall trends and kind of taking it all into consideration. So uh, we have moved room to move up on RSI still after bottoming out, we've made a nice march upwards. Um, and you've got Warren Buffett in here helping out, right? So I'm sure if they're continuing to buy, that's gonna only support the price even further. So that's all my thoughts around Oxy. And I know energy is a little bit less sexy to talk about, but man, the performance in the last couple of years has been very sexy. <laughs> Yeah, it certainly has. And I think just another little note on your chart here, that the, the volume seems to be decreasing. Um, I don't know if that's much difference, just looking back in the in previous uh, months, etc. We had a lot of volume back in March and April 22, and a little bit in August last year. It might be related to Warren Buffett, but we're just kind of diminishing the, the volume a little bit. I don't know if you see that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, you when you get big institutional buying coming in, you, I, I, you definitely will see that big spike and then continued higher levels of volume as they finish out their positions. So yeah, I think that's a good note. Um, if these volume volume levels are, are lower then you know, that institutional buying could be slowing and maybe that support isn't going to necessarily be there that was in the past. So yeah, that's a fair point. And added that it's a dividend paying company as well. So. Oh yeah. So, well, I like to I have a friend of mine. We talk about investing in energy in general and, <laughs> Anytime one of us gets a little bit overly excited about, oh, look at the big move up in Pioneer or whatever, right? Um, we always remind ourselves we're investing in energy for the yield. Like that's what we're here for. The yields are amazing and you take the upside with it. But yeah, that, that's a good point too, Kay. Definitely a strong dividend. And actually, that's a nice transition over to you and your charts. I think we got SoFi posted first for you. Yes, so it's going to be a, a tough order with you guys uh, doing such a great job on the chart. So I'll try to do, I'll try to match up. So the first chart is SoFi and um, for folks who I think pretty much everybody knows SoFi is a retail favorite and how I'm looking at this is uh, on the daily chart. Generally, I don't like to trade SoFi on a weekly basis, especially from a call options. So if you're using a cash secured port or a covered call, you really don't get much on the premium side, but if you're looking at midterm or maybe three to six months out, you get decent premiums on that. So definitely not something that I would use as a weekly. So what I'm really looking at right now is it's kind of aligning with how the price, uh, the price targets are for SoFi. Most of the price targets you will see are between the range of seven and seven and a half. 
I'll probably put those in the next week's uh, chart as well uh, from all the different analysts that we have. But what we are really seeing here is the accumulation zone. So if you like SoFi and you want to accumulate, at least from my perspective, I'm targeting anywhere between 518 and 624 is the accumulation zone. We saw the big drop in SoFi price at 424, but if we really go back, look at the chart from the previous years, oh, sorry, previous uh, few quarters, 424 was the bottom uh, of the chart. Now, not necessarily saying it won't go down again, but it's really hugging above the 200 day moving average. And I do think that as the earnings will come in the next two weeks or so, we may see an upside considering SoFi also bought uh, another company and uh, there'll be more um, you know news around it. And again, there is discussion around the student loan repayment. Now that is the real revenue driver for SoFi, uh, but we'll really see on the earnings. Nate, Sean, what are your thoughts on this? So I see this one, it's kind of a retail based stuff, isn't that correct? It's a favorite retail, yep. Yeah, so that can quickly move in either direction, I think. Uh, we, we've said it before, the neon palette, at least in my experience. Um, so you can see these vicious moves. You can kind of see that in the kind of daily camera that you've got here back in February or this year. And then we've got the beginning of March as well, those big kind of green and red candles that can move very quickly. That's all I've got to add really on this one, but just, uh, that's what I can say. You know, I've been interested in how it reacts around the banking re earnings re um, news because, you know, SoFi is is a is become a bigger deal than a smaller regional bank, right? And so, is it going to react more in line with the news of the big names like Bank of America, um, or is it going to react more strongly to any negative news that comes from regional banks? Which I, I expect that, you know, we could hear some negative news out of the regionals. So uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. Have you seen that, um, Kay, as far as how it reacts and with respect to news? I know it definitely took a hit with all the, the craziness a couple of weeks ago. You know, that's a very good point because I think regional bank was never on anyone's radar until SVB and Signature Bank happened. Right. Because yeah. everybody was talking about how SOFI is the AWS of financial sector and they were always comparing against your Bank of America, JP Morgan Chase. So it's, right. it's the competitor of that you know that level it's a it's going to be a very interesting week and couple more weeks to see how does the regional bank impact sofi and we'll, we'll get to see the trend we have never seen that before yeah yeah it's gonna the, those these bank earnings are right back in the spotlight and i mean the last time they were this earning was to that this interesting was 2008 yeah it's scary stuff yeah i <laughs> <laughs> wasn't even investing or trading back then <laughs> All right. So let's jump on to the next chart, which is Google. So uh, if you trade Google, there are only two tickers for Google, G-O-G-G-L and G-O-G-O-O-G. So if you prefer, always try trade G-O-G-G-L since it's a class A uh, preferred share. Now, uh, interestingly on the Google, this is a weekly chart that I have up here. And what we are seeing right now is the 108 has been acting as your um, resistance level. It had it tried to touch a couple of weeks ago and it was pushed back down. We did see this candle. We have this bullish momentum on the last two weeks that we are seeing and it's kind of hovering and touching at the 108 level. We are on the daily, we are above the 50 day and 200 day moving average. So that's, that's a positive sign. And on the weekly, we are on the weekly, if you look at it, we are actually making lower highs since last year. 
So we had 155, then we dropped about 145. Now then we had dropped down to 122. And then 108 is the real, um, uh, I guess the next resistance level for Google. Now, if we really want to see Google, you know, we need to have a clean break over 108 to see Google really price go up. And it kind of aligns also on the option side. We had about 40,000 call options at 110 for next week and about 12.9. So we do have a bullish momentum call versus put. And um, I generally trade this on a weekly basis, uh, mostly using a cash secured put. And I target anywhere in the delta of 25 to 35 to try not to get assigned. But if I get assigned, I'll be happy to use a wheel strategy to run covered calls. So th those are some of my thoughts over here for Google. Uh, Nate, Sean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I see a little bit of a technical uh, pattern here. And you can kind of see, you touched on a little bit with the, the rise of the lower highs. And they're kind of exactly where you've got 2023, kind of the turn of the year. Looks like that might be the head. It could be like a head and shoulders pattern. Although actually that further down on November, uh, ignore completely what I've just said. And uh, <laughs> I didn't see the detail in, in the candle on the far left there back in November. I thought it would be a head and shoulders pattern, but ignore me, I'm completely wrong. Nate, anything from you? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, I was going to ask you um, why Google over, you know, the ticker G-O-O-G-L over G-O-O-G. Do you have any points to make there? Yeah, so G-O-O-G-L is your class A and G-O-O-G is class C. So in terms of Google ever gets insolvent, you know, you'll probably get your money in from G-O-G-G-L and not from the other one. So Whenever yeah, you have an option, always go for class A preferred share versus class C. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, and yeah, I, I I see the same struggle at 108, and I'm a big fan of Google longer term. I would like to see it get above that level, but I think you covered it pretty well here, Kay. Um, to not too much more to add. Awesome, cool. All right, so moving on to the third one, which is uh, in the semiconductor space, Intel Corporation. This has also been a very interesting stock. Um, Pretty much beat up since last August, you know, quarter after quarter, bad management practice. Uh, stock has not done very well. Price has been falling. We saw a big low back a couple of weeks ago, actually, uh, not a couple of weeks, let me see, 10, 14 last year. We dropped to $24 and then it has been flat trading over there. However, um, the they most recently slashed their earnings, uh, sorry, dividends to uh, 33%. I guess it was like, 16 17 cents i don't have the numbers exactly on my but from the chart yeah, what is sorry go ahead oh no i was just, i was just agreeing yeah i remember that news uh, that exactly. didn't make, uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so on the weekly chart what i really am looking at is the even though the we see this big candles going up um the last week was kind of the volume has started declining um that is kind of uh the exact setup that we see often whenever you have the dividend date coming up. So the X dividend date is 5-4. So we may see the volume start picking up back again after a week or so um, as the uh, the earnings pop out. Uh, 34.02 will, I think, is going to be a big resistance for this. And uh, it kind of aligns with your options trade here. Uh, 32.5, we have 32,000 call options versus uh, on the put side, we at 30, we have about 18,000. So look at this range of between uh, 30.18 and 34.02s, I see how Intel is going to trade flat um, for the next couple of weeks. 
And hopefully, if in the upcoming earning, I don't see anything major changing in Intel, but the future guidance is what I guess folks will be looking at how management is trying to improve. Um, and that is something I guess may push the stock up higher. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Sean. Yeah, so just on a technical basis, I see you used a Fibonacci on your charts. Yes. I just wonder if you could shed some light on maybe how you draw them, because I've struggled with Fibonacci's in the past myself. I don't know if others have as well. Um, just wanted to ask basically what your thoughts are behind actually drawing them. So generally for the Fibonacci, the way I draw it is from the last high to the last low, if you want to track where would be the next up movement. And if you're seeing the downtrend, then from the last high, from the last low to last high, and that will give you a downward trend. Um, that's actually a good point. I, I can probably make a video on the FIPS, uh, retracement on how to draw it, um, uh, or maybe write up a newsletter or something like that. But that's how I generally track it now. Right now, as you can see, the the up there's an uptrend on the on the uh, for the Intel stock price. That's the reason why we want to track where would Intel price be in the next couple of weeks, not couple of weeks, sorry, couple of quarters. Uh, and the short to midterm, and that's how I'm. Uh, that's how I have drawn. So the last high that we looked at was about fifty point two eight. That was around the uh, March of last year. Yeah, I think that's excellent. I think you, you should make a little video of doing that. I think a lot of people get confused about it. I certainly did when I was starting out. That's for sure. Uh, the reason I say that is because you can see that the fib levels there it's respected it quite nicely throughout the last uh, few quarters. Exactly, and then if you actually look at the options data. And it really aligns with the FIB levels. It may be off a little bit here and there for some stocks, but it generally is in line with the FIB levels. And maybe that's the reason how the professional traders are trade. That I, I don't have that insights into, but maybe a lot of people use FIB levels for options trade as well. Yeah, I can, say, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can say from experience and from what I've, I've you know learned and listened and read, um, that the fib level fib levels excuse me are yeah quite quite excellent to use I like them I like to use the 50 percent retracement so you're talking about starting at the top of the and the, the highs and the lows right the top of the trend and then the bottom yeah. and then you draw that fib line out and then you get that 50 percent level if you've had a steep drawdown and then you see a bounce you'll tend to see some you know you get resistance at the different levels but that 50 percent mark would you agree Kay? you get that's where you'll really get um, some resistance and things will flatten out a bit. Yeah, that's how. And then they generally also have this golden pocket. I haven't drawn it. It's 61 and 65 because it just kind of like um, uh, makes the chart very messy uh, to see. But I think you're absolutely right. So the, the 61 to 30 is, is what we really target as that uh, upper band and the lower band where the stock is generally trading at. Uh, the other levels are just for uh, giving you a perspective. Uh, but that's how, at least how I have been uh, trading using FIB levels. Yeah, I think on the on the trading side of things, you can, we have seen in the past, well, at least I've seen personally, people just using the 50%. Now, this is just a smaller time frame, it's 5, 10, 15 minutes, et cetera, but some people just use the single 50%. Exactly. And it also depends on how you're trading. If you're trading on a daily basis or you're trading hourly, uh, depending upon the, the time frame you choose, your charts will change and uh, you'll use different indicators. Because I know a lot of people use VWAP when they're doing the day trading. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely do. If I'm if I'm looking at 10-minute, you know, 15-minute candles, 5-minute candles, that kind of thing, I definitely do that. 
Um, I was going to note a couple other things on this chart because um, I, I think that these levels are really strong looking. That 3018 level is what was prior resistance. And we got not only a, a breakthrough, but a strong breakthrough um, with decent volume and then a follow through, right? And so now um, this is really looking promising to hold that 3018 level. And like you said, 34 looks like it'll be next resistance. And so that's the channel I'd be looking at, 30 to 34, and looking for a, a you know, breakthrough of that 34 on up to 37. Um, if that 30 level were to give way, I don't see any reason why we couldn't retrace all the way back down to the lows, quite frankly. But um, I've heard a lot of folks talking about that dividend cut in the negative light. And I would agree that generally speaking, I'm not thrilled to hear about dividend cuts. Um, but in context with what Intel's trying to do, which is invest more in, in their overall products and what they're building, um, and to, you know, they're not trying to get ahead. They're frankly trying to catch up. Um, but in order to do that, you need to put your capital to use and not necessarily dole it all out in dividend payments. So I thought in this instance, it actually didn't sound like a terrible move. No, I think I agree with you. Um, I think there's a lot of negative momentum already and news built into the current price. And that's why we saw those you know lows of $25, $24. Um, since then, is how, how much lower it can go. I mean, of course, anything can happen. But... I, at least for all the news that has come out with the with the management practices and everything else, dividend cuts, all those are already priced in into the stock price. And that's when we saw the big bounce on Intel. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Wait, one more chart? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I have one oh. more chart and that is again, one of the retail favorites, uh, Apple. I guess everybody, or most people hold Apple in one form or the other. Uh, on the weekly chart, Apple does have, um, I would say, slightly lower highs. Uh, you had 181, and then you had about, I uh, would say, 178, 175, and now we are around 166 uh, level. Again, a clean breakout uh, from the 50%. You can see we have some solid uh, green candles. I do see that the momentum is still bullish, but um, you know, I feel like it is coming to a point that once to, to break 175, there has to be some kind of a, a, a reason for it to break, right? Because there is no, we are seeing uh, interest rates rising, which impacts tech sector. We are seeing slowdown. We heard the latest news about the Mac, how the, the demand for Mac has gone down. And um, at this point of time, I really don't see how Apple can make its all-time highs of 175 or 180. Um, you have about... 100 at 175, you had 155,000 call options in the money expiring next week, even though Apple will, I believe, reports earning the week after next. So we'll see that. Uh, how are you guys seeing? I think 155, I would say, would be a good support line. 50, 155, 83, but 155, I would say that. And I think it's going to be a tough one to hit 175. I, I think it will be probably back at those levels. Yeah, I'm with you with 155. That, that number is burned into my brain. Uh, with Apple, um, and that's the, I don't want to see it get below 155, so it's been nice to see this continuation higher. I was actually surprised that it got above 160 the way it did, um, but yeah, I I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm struggling for to find reasons for it to get above the 175 level as well. I agree with you. Um, the chart's constructive, though. I mean, we've got a nice move higher. Um, the We were talking about the Fibonacci levels in the retrace to 50 
percent and you can see that right it, we went all the way back down and it came back up to that 50 percent, and then bounced between the uh, 155 and 143 levels a little bit before moving higher so just kind of pointing that back out as you know more uh, credit to the fibonacci levels um but yeah i think overall the chart's constructive um and we'll have to see what happens i i, I would like to see it move up to 175 i don't see why it couldn't I see both of you mentioning towards the 175 level, but um, I see something a little bit different. And, and that's if you joined um, all the yellow boxes you've got there, Kay, um, uh, and you put a line through all of them, there's like a trend line type thing. It may actually meet kind of around about that 170 level. I just wanted that to be a bit more psychological for people, with that trend line perhaps acting as a bit of um, resistance. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, that's a, that's a Sorry, have I thrown you off there? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That's a very good point, actually. Just just mentally looking at it. Um, I mean, 175 wants to be the ultimate support, of course. So if it was to push through that, um, you know, hypothetical trend line, then obviously 175 would be there. Um, but just an important note, maybe just a long-term trend line, that could be, we've seen it with the SPY, we've seen it for the QQQ and all the big, bigger stocks as well. Just another thing to, to maybe note. That's, that's a very good point, Nate. I'm actually going to draw that out uh, for next week and see how that tracks. I give Sean credit for that stuff, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um, I'll say I was um I was on Twitter posting about Apple this week because, I mean, I'm I don't own an Apple phone. I'm one of the few apparently, and uh, but everybody in my family does, and so I I tend to take the brunt of it. And you know, I, I posted out there like you someone had posted the question: Would you take ten grand to switch from? you know, Apple to Samsung, because I think Warren Buffett mentioned, like, you know, people would not take that deal. Not that that's crazy. I would, of course, take that deal. And so I, I was like, who, who are these people out here who would not take 10 grand to switch from your Apple phone over to something else? And man, I I got answers. <laughs> people do not <laughs> want to give up their Apple phone. So that says anything for a longer term prospects, you know, and Warren oh, tends yeah. to know what he's talking about, right? So I guess the question is you're asking us if we have Apple friends. Because yeah, I do. Yeah, what and about you, Kay? No, I, I, I do think that Apple Apple fans are very similar to like a Tesla fan or SoFi fans. If you notice, there's, there's always a group of individuals, retail investors, that love one or the other stock. And, and just like Apple is a very big brand name, I do think that the products are solid. No doubt yeah. since I use them. But I also think if somebody's going to give me $10,000 to uh, switch from Apple to Android, I'll do that in a heartbeat and, and probably buy you know, 10,000 worth of Apple stocks. There you go. <laughs> Sean, what were you going to say? I thought you were going to say So that. smart. Yeah, so much smarter than what I was going to say. I was just going to say I'll keep the <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great way to end it. I think Kay nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> buy 10,000 uh, Apple stock with that money and just deal with the other phone. I love that. That's a great idea. Um, these are great charts. I think we got a lot of good stuff covered this week. Um, you know, personally, I'm looking forward to earnings because I want, as I've been saying, some direction to kind of sort out here. Um, but we noted levels on SPY and QQQ that are needed to break above and hold in order to get a, a bull rally really going and sustained for longer term. So, you know, that's where my head's at this week. Always positive and optimistic, I, I, as I always am, but um, cautiously so. And um, I'm going to continue to just trade smaller and, um, you know, wisely as much as I can. Um, what about you, Sean? Any thoughts going into this week? 
Yeah, just more of a trading side for me. Just be careful on your rules, etc. Just don't oversize, over trade, have a trading plan, don't stop forcing trades, that kind of thing. Um, so just be careful, stick to your rules and stick to your ultimate goal, what you're trying to do with whether it be investing or trading, um, options trading, etc. stuff like that. Just concentrate on your on your goals and what you're actually here to do it for. Don't get lost in the moment. That, that's my thoughts on, on this week coming up, especially with earnings. Tesla coming up, so it could be a bit emotional on that side of things. So uh, yeah, just be careful out there. Yeah, that's a great point. Don't don't get caught up in the emotional side of trading. That's actually, in my opinion, ninety percent of it is controlling that that side of the absolutely. trade. And then you know the other ten percent is these charts and the technical side that's absolutely important. And and Kay, your charts this week, great addition. So thanks for those. And uh, what what would you add uh, to the ending comments here to close this out? Well, uh, I think you guys have nailed it from a trading standpoint, uh, and that is true even with investing, right? So if even I, I think it's better to set out the, the earnings week if you are going to trade any of the earning stocks. Um, it's You would rather not take that trade if you have any nervousness about it because things can change. These are always binary events, and anything can happen at that point of time. So generally, for me, I generally don't take those trades uh, for the week unless I have a very solid conviction, but the problem is that this time, we, nobody can tell what's gonna happen. Most of the companies have done price cuts or employee, they have laid off a lot of employees. So we could see a reversal in terms of uh, when people are expecting a negative earning, we might see positive earnings because of the, all the job cuts and all the other cost reductions they have done. But still, I, I would say stay safe. Uh, earning season is beginning and I think it's better to just get the trend right and then get back. So that's it from my side. Yeah, I'm with you. Once the trend is our friend again, we will get super optimistic, I'm sure. But for now, I think it's wise to kind of stay cautiously so. And, you know, I mentioned at the top of this that if you zoom out, you know, the year-to-date numbers have looked really nice. You know, the NASDAQ up 15.83%, for example. But if you zoom out 12 months, you know, the DAC is down 9%, over 9%. And, you know, Bitcoin's up over 80% this year, but 12 months time frame, it's down 25%. So, you know, we are still in this down downwards uh, cycle, but um, obviously the very near term has been trending upwards. So continue to watch that, continue to trade, and um, appreciate everybody tuning in this week. We'll get things posted throughout the week as we see things develop. And uh, again, appreciate your support. We'll do it again next week. So, okay, Sean, thanks again. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye.